Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On this episode of Take 12, Lofa and I jump right into it as usual. And then we are joined by a very special guest, former Seahawk. He's a legend, not only on the team, but in the community up there in Seattle. Super Bowl champion. I- I'm trying to decide if I want to keep this a secret or not, since he does kind of jump in midstream here. Give a couple clues. Everyone loves surprises. You got a couple more cl- uh, Former Detroit Lion. Ooh. And Seahawks. 74 career sacks. Oh, there you go. 30 career forced fumbles. Is that something you're interested in? Yup. <laughs> One of the biggest plays in Seahawk history. Is that something yep. you're interested in? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for that, everybody. Uh, but first, I got to tell you about Wiener Schnitzel. Two locations in Western Washington, one of them in Everett. One of them in Fife. Go on in and see Dom and the rest of the team today. Let them know that the Take 12 podcast sent you there, and you get a free hot dog with any other purchase, whether it's a corn dog or the Polish sandwich, root beer floats. Yum. Ice cream milkshake skate? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good at Wiener Schnitzel, everybody. We love them. They love us and you love them, which is why they love us. So go check them out. Um, And right now, check out us uh, talking plenty of football. We go through the Pete Carroll stuff with Seattle, who thinks should be next, the sort of philosophy stuff, him and Lofa chopping it up player to player. Did you just reveal our mystery guest or did we already? Oh. Well, somebody will have to bleep that out later. Forget like forget that I even said that. Uh, and then we go through all of the playoff games and then um, our guests' favorite memory as a Seahawk and yada yada. I was trying to tease some stuff. Oh, well, maybe I gave it away. Hey. Whatever. Here you go. Enjoy the conversation, everybody. This is why we can't have nice things. It doesn't get exciting until November. Yeah. Maybe we should just go. Should we just go and then add Cliff when I have Cliff in? jump in? Here, let's just go. Yeah, we could just go. All right, let's just go, dude. Dude, you know what? Let's just go. Let's just go. Let's just go, and then we'll see what happens here. And Our special guest F will jump a, in. Bro. F and A. F and A, man. Look, we both got our black hoodies on. Let's just go, dude. It's a day. It's, it's, well, yours has. Yeah, get your microphone out of the way. Yeah. It's dragon season, baby. It's dragon season. Dragon season. Was that the USF? No, the... The XFL and the USFL, or the spring football. One of them merged. We got to get McNeil on this case. XFL Uh, and USFL merged into the UFL. UFL, yeah. United Football League. Yeah. Yeah. Go Dragons. Yeah, that's our team. Yeah, man. 
you just can't. But, I mean, I think it makes sense. You can't do a world right? without football, can you? I don't want to know a world without football, man. <laughs> um, I mean, and we talked about it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, thank God, California didn't they veto the uh, ban on twelve and under tackle football? They were like, "No, nah, we're we're not doing that." Was yeah, um, there, there were yeah, Newsom he vetoed it. Um, there was it, it made it through the first round of whatever it had to make it through. Uh, this ban on tackle football under the age of 12. But then he said, nah, I'm a veto. Yeah, I don't know who Newsom is, but I like him. <laughs> just for the, just from that standpoint. Yeah. Oh, wait. That and his the teeth. Last time we were <laughs> very white teeth on this guy. <laughs> the last time we were talking about him wasn't he was implementing the, the mask ban, and then he was like at a party without a mask. That was the last time we were talking about him. <laughs> A lot you of know range. What? I reverse course. A lot I of reverse range. Course. <laughs> a lot of range on this guy. Oh, here, hold on. Actually, here, hold on. He Here's, does it all. Here comes someone <laughs> who will have an opinion on this. Let's see here. There, uh, joining the chat. Oh, excuse me. Joining the chat live, everybody. Um, oh, we can hear him. Oh, there he is. There, Cliff Averill, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show, Cliff. Welcome. Thank you guys. Oh, we're good. We can hear you, man. Thanks. We were Lofa oh, and I. The thing is, Lofa and I. We always just kind of start talking, and so we did that. And then Lofa said, "Hey, let's just start going since we can't ever just sort of save it for the microphone." So we're just kind of jumping in here, if that's all right with you, my man. Hey, it's all good, man. Lofa likes to freestyle. I, I've seen him. He's active. He has a lot on his mind. Let's go. That's it. That's Too it. Too much. Often. Well, we were talking about, because Lofa's, if he moves his microphone there, he's wearing a dragon sweatshirt because it's dragon okay, season okay. up there in Seattle. So we were talking about the merger here and the, the new UFL. Um, and Lofa was weeping because a world without football, which is coming soon, and for all of us, is just a world we don't want to live in. Cliff, right, you get sad towards the end of the season every year, don't you? I mean, I wouldn't say I get sad. I mean, I if I was a player, uh, depending on how good or bad my team was, I'd be either excited <laughs> or not. But, um, it's the difference between the fans uh, and the players, I suppose. Like, okay, all right. <laughs> you'd be excited if it's the offseason and you're on a bummy team. But, um, you know, I mean, the end of the season is just interesting. It, it for me, it's more about just finding all right, what's the next thing I'm gonna I'm dive into, which typically is the NBA season for me. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, you love you love football season. Football season is is is, is fun, it's great, it's great for the city, it's great for you know uh the atmosphere and, and everybody's kind of into it. So especially when your city's winning. Yeah, totally. And then what what else? Go go ahead, Lofa. See, I could go without all of basketball until the playoffs. I don't get excited until like May or June for basketball. Like that's a move. The that's needle. a fair statement. That, that, that's a fair statement. Cause it does get a little bit more competitive, but uh, I mean, I, I just, I just like hoops in general. So mm -hmm. uh, I like to just, that's usually when I like actually clock in to start seeing some of the guys that are actually doing some stuff, right. Catching some of the highlights. Cause during the NFL season, I'm not really paying too much attention to those guys. Um, so as soon as the season kind of ends, it's kind of when, you know, just get back in the swing of things, but I agree. Uh, playoff basketball is definitely, you know, a, a better thing to watch than the regular season for sure. Man, I went to a high school hoops game this last weekend. A buddy of mine invited us and our kids and everything. And it's so much fun, by the way. It was like five bucks to get in. 
But uh, Notre Dame down here and Chaminade were playing, and these guys can ball, man. Like, when I was in school, there was, like, one guy in high school that could dunk my whole four years. Like, every guy on these teams could dunk. There's this kid, Mercy Miller. He is, I mean, yeah. whoa, crazy. <laughs> is that is that uh that's Master P's son, isn't it? Uh, it, I think. Yes, I maybe, believe. Yes, I, I mean, oh, yes, it, I think so. It is right. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah, he's he's real nice. Um, high school hoops is completely different from when I was coming to the ranks. I mean, especially out here in Seattle, like I, I I'll actually go to a high school game just mm-hmm. to kind of see what the what the talent's like. And like you said, man, these kids are out there, you know, doing some. Not just dunking, like doing exotic dunks. You oh, mean, during warm-ups and different things like that. Yeah. And full blown beards, tats and stuff. I'm like, I don't remember having tats when I was in high school. Like, I don't remember guys it's having tats. End to end too. I think the final score was like ninety to eighty four. I was like, what is this? And they're playing eight minute quarters. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. You know what's interesting is kids are actually reclassifying like for eight or ten years yeah. there was everyone jumping up to go yeah. to college early. Now, I think because of the COVID holdovers and everything mm. and all the extra eligibility, well, there's 24-year-olds in college and there's kids <laughs> yeah. staying back an extra year now. Like, all right, I'm going to reclassify backwards, go through like eighth or ninth grade twice to stay yeah. oh, yeah. another year to make it fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that well, break- I, don't, I don't know if it makes it fair. I don't know if it makes it fair because like, so my kids are in the AAU you know, uh, uh, circuit or whatever. And my son's 12 years old, but like he's playing against 14 year olds, 15 year olds. I'm like, all right, like, oh, wow. like you're not in seventh grade, bro. <laughs> you're you drove to the game. <laughs> you drove to the game. You got your teammates with you. All right. That's not cool for my son. But I think it'll help him on the back end. But right now, I don't know if you get better from that. Sure. Sure, Agreed. sure. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that kind of leads me to, to talking about football because there's all the NIL stuff in college. We could talk about the sixth year seniors in college. I think there is a lot of those like Mike panics, right? Locally there yeah. and, and things like that. Uh, but if we're talking college, we might as well slide into the NFL since that's what this show's really all about. And since we got Cliff here, Lofa, um, I would just wanted to start with Pete Carroll Um Cliff, and sort of just get your thoughts on when that news broke. I know it's been a bit, but, you know, we're all still sort of processing it. And uh, just kind of get your thoughts on that day. You know, this is my actually first interview of of actually talking about it. Uh, You know, of course, people blowing me up and I was traveling or whatever, but I was actually shocked. I was surprised that, um, you know, this 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 happened um, so soon, I think. Uh, I mean, it, it was still a winning season. Of course, it didn't go the way they wanted it to go. Some would say it's been kind of downhill, you know, for the last four or five years or whatever the case may be. But I also think fans have gotten spoiled. You know what I mean? Like people forget the years before this 14 year run. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so I, I think sometimes you think the grass is greener and you go over there and it's muddy. You know what I mean? So I hope that's not necessarily the case, of course, mm-hmm. as, as a Seahawk fan now. Um, but I was very shocked. I think Coach Carroll actually is a, a great coach uh, and, and be able to do what he's done over the last 14 years. Heck, just honestly, since he's been a coach from the SC days all the way through, uh, I mean, he's a winner. And I, I was I was just shocked. I didn't think I didn't think it was going to happen this year, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in the near future. But I definitely didn't think it was going to happen this year. Yeah, that's that's kind of what our consensus was around here. Where do you think they go from here? And uh, if 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 not name wise, I mean, you can name names if you want, but uh, style wise and everything. I mean, where do we go from here? Uh, I mean, of course, 
I'm biased, but defense wins championships, right? So I think <laughs> I think you go with a, a defensive coach out there. And to be honest with you, and again, another biased uh, take, I think, but a legit, a legitimate one too is I like Dan Quinn. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like Dan Quinn. I, he was a part of all the great stuff that we were a part of over, you know, 2013, 2014. Uh, obviously, he's been known to be able to put good defenses together. He's been to the Super Bowl after he's left here as well as a head coach. I mean, I think he has the resume. He understands the style of, of, of play. He knows what it takes to to win ball games on the defensive side of, side outside of that last game in Dallas. <laughs> you know, so I, I think I think he's a, a solid. He would be a solid head coach here in the city of Seattle. He fits everything that Seattle is accustomed to from a coach as well over the last 14 years. So he would be the guy that I would go with. Um, just, again, more of a bias, but he has the resume to to be a legit candidate for, for the Seattle Seahawks. That's who now. you said, Lofo, right? That's exactly what I said. And I just want to ask Cliff, he, he was the D-line coach and then went to coordinator, right? So you you had both, you had him in both roles when you were here in Seattle. What no, is I, I, missed him, I missed him as a D-line coach. I can't, when okay. I came here, he, he was a D coordinator already. Okay. Um, I played for him when he was a D-line coach and he was the man. And yeah. I'm sure he only got better because when I came back to coach in 15, he was over in Atlanta. But um, what is it about DQ that, you know, whether it's his meetings or, you know, what, how he goes about handling business that you think would benefit this team compared to last year? I think, I think he, he's, he's, he's a, a younger version, but different in a sense, uh, a younger version of Coach Carroll, but different in the sense of like, he has his own ways of doing things, but he's definitely a player's coach though. Like he's someone that you can go chop it up with, go talk to, hey coach, I'm not feeling this. Hey coach, what do you think about this? And he'll actually listen. Like that was the that was what I appreciated more about him as a deep coordinator was, hey coach, hey, I'm not feeling this. Or hey Cliff, what do you think about this play? What, like, what do you think about being on the edge on this uh, on this blitz? Right? Uh, do you feel like you could be effective or whatever the case may be? So, a coach like that, it's one. Most coaches are set in their own ways. They're not trying to listen to players. They're not trying to think. They're not considering what these players have to go through in some of these situations. And I think him. Understanding that you win the ball, you win, you win games up front, obviously with his background being a D lineman or D line coach, but also now he understands the back end and he can put all that stuff together. I think it's just a great recipe. And we've seen it in Dallas. We've seen what he's been able to do in Dallas with that. Um, and it's all about, you know, obviously bringing the other pieces around him, other coaches that kind of fit that same mold. But overall, though, I think him being a, a player's coach is, is what gives him the benefit uh, what gives them, I think, an upper hand to be able to have more success because guys will follow that. Uh, what happened with the team this year, you think, Cliff? Uh, why didn't it come together in the way we all expected it to? I'm sorry? <laughs> jumped out with that one. Tackle. <laughs> nah, I, <laughs> I didn't even let you finish. Let me finish your question. <laughs> no, go ahead. Run with it. I mean, that that's my question. Like, what happened this year? Uh, I think inconsistency, man. We we like the last couple of years. I think that's been the, the the issue. Is at times, man, we look like we can we can crush all the, the other thirty one teams in the league. And then mm -hmm. at times you're like, whoa, what? Like we can't we can't we can't catch anything. We can't tackle anything. So we were just too inconsistent. And I, I think with that is it's going to be leadership in the locker room. It's going to be um, you know guys buying in uh, in, in a system, but. Leadership. I think that was the biggest thing, uh, you know, just based on the years that I played, the guys that I played with, 
we took pride in like not being the weakest link. We took pride in making sure that I wasn't gonna let I wasn't gonna leave my brothers out to dry. Uh, you know, whether it's making tackles, whether it's doing doing plays that you know you're not gonna make the play, sacrificing yourself, knowing you're not gonna make the play. But I know KJ Wright's gonna get that tackle, and that gives me the opportunity to go uh, pass rush. Right? I don't know if those guys have that same mentality. Sometimes younger players can tend to you know it's about me. And that will lead to inconsistency. That will lead to, you know, a fractured locker room in a, uh, in a sense. But just the inconsistency uh, over the over the last couple of years, I think, has been the, the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. Cliff, I got a question. I think this is one of the most desirable jobs for head coaches out there um, in terms of roster and how we look and then working with John and all the draft picks that he's he's hit. Um how close do you think this team is from making deep playoff runs? I, I think, I mean, it's going to, it's, it's going to start with whoever they hire first and foremost, right? Because whoever they hire, the guys that are already the core group of guys that they're going to keep, and we don't know who those are, but for the most part, we have a somewhat of an idea, right? They're going to have to buy into whatever system that is. And that's why I like DQ is because he's very easy to, to, to fall in love with as a coach, right? He's very, because he, he's going to be on your side. He's going to want what's best for you because he understands that you're going to give your best efforts too. So I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be based on coaching style. It's going to be based on coaches. And, um, but they have the roster, man. They have a bunch of young boys that can get after it on defense. Again, another reason for DQ. They got, I, I'm still a fan of Geno. I'm still a fan of Geno. I'm still a fan of Tyler Lockett. I'm still a fan of, I mean, the running game is, is solid. So really it's, again, it's making sure that this coach comes in and doesn't put people out of position. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to come in and like, this is my defense. I'm going to run this three, four, but you got a bunch of four, three guys. You see what I'm saying? Well, so I think that's going to play a role. Well, I think that, that, that was oh, my, good. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Internet today is a little bit of a lag. Um, I think that's why it was surprising that they went away from Pete like they did, because like Lofa and I have talked about, the names on the roster are there. And, you know, Pete's an energetic guy who it seems like they wanted to play for. I, I'm not sure if the head coach was necessarily the issue. Lofa, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to ask Cliff, you know, per- pertaining to the trenches, you know, you're a foremost expert. I didn't think. Now, we had the body types, but I didn't think we had the play style to stay in the 3-4. We did start to go into more 4-3, one gap, and still had our issues, you know, I think because we didn't get enough practice at it. But, um, you know, do we have what it takes? And uh, Jaron Reed was the only one that looked to me in the backfield, dominating, consistently showing up, seven, like seven sacks. He was a monster. Um, but outside of him, even Leonard, there were some tough times in, in, the, in the run game. So what did mm-hmm. you see with the D-line play? I, I, I agree. One, you got to sign Jeremy to a longer-term deal. Um, yeah. the, the, he, he was definitely the backbone of that D-line this past year as far as for playing in the backfield in the run and in pass. So I think that that's something you got to lock down. And he can play. And him actually leaving gave him more appreciation for Seattle, but also being able to learn how to play in a 3-4 and a 4-3. So that's why his production didn't necessarily drop. But then you had Leonard, I think, who has predominantly been in a 3-4 his, his majority of his career. And then now you're asking him to kind of do some different things. He wasn't used to that. Um, but they, they have some young boys, man. Uh, I think um, – Well, uh, I think Chenna going out. I think, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But Chenna going out I think was a big, big thing, right? 
Chin, Chin up going out yeah. was big. You got Boye still. You got mm-hmm. Jaron Reed. Like, I think you had a core group of guys that you can build around. And both of those guys, I think uh, Jay Reed can play in either or, three or four, three, four or four, three. I think Chinna and Jay, uh, and, and Mafe, uh, both of those boys can be outside linebackers slash defensive ends on the edge. Now you add a couple other small pieces and guys to buy in. I think we have a solid core group of guys on the, on the front end to, to be able to build off of. Yeah. Uh, do you think they name, they're not going to name a coach till the Super Bowl's over probably, right? Most likely. I mean, that's yeah. usually, I mean, you, I, I think you want to see every candidate see right, that's, that's going to roll out this next week might be some other guys that you might want to check out. And uh, maybe you don't want to show your cards too early. I don't know. I'm sure that there's some kind of political aspect to it as well. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see what happens, obviously, with the Seahawks. And if more news develops, uh, you guys know where to turn. It's uh, take 12 here. Do you hear that, Lofa? We got an exclusive with Cliff. His thoughts on Pete Carroll. Yeah. First first time he shared those thoughts. Um, If you guys, uh, uh, we're going to talk about the playoffs. If you guys are flying to any of these playoff games, just because you're football fanatics, use our friends Delta Airlines. That's how I somewhat smoothly segue into a live read about Delta Airlines. They're our favorite airline. Excuse me. The only airline that we fly around here and that you guys should fly. Sign up for 12 status. And that gets you one extra mile for every yard the Seahawks throw for. You'll have to wait till next season, but make sure you're signed up in advance. <laughs> uh, 12 status at DeltaAirlines.com, everybody. Uh, okay, guys, um, the playoffs. Man, uh, some good games over the weekend. Lofa, let's go through some, uh, all of them pretty much. Where do you want to start? I mean, we got to start with Cliff's old team, man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, applaud. I applaud. Yeah, everything this means for that city. Yeah. I mean, Cliff, oh, take us through it. I mean, because, wait, was your first year the the, the yeah. season where you wanted to go, you know, or leave early? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, one, man, I'm so excited for the Lions um, on so many fronts, man. The organization, obviously, but more so than anything, man, the city of Detroit. They deserve it, man. They're some of the, the ultimate fans. Uh, I was a part of the 0-16 year uh, as a rookie, and people were still showing up to games. They might have had bags on their face and on their heads, but they were showing up to games. They were still supporting, and that's all they want, man. They Like, all the other teams have done well over the years, but the Lions, for whatever reason, you know, have never been able to get over that that hump. So to, to see them still in the playoffs, NFC uh, championship game, like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, thorough, I'm just extremely happy for that city, man, because they deserve it, man. The people there are – are some of the, the coolest, dopest people that you'll ever meet. And mm. and I know they're ecstatic. I know they're happy that that um, the Lions are still playing. And they got a good chance. They look really good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. it's an awesome story all the way around. Oh, sorry, Lofa, sorry, I'm cutting you off. Awesome story ask. all the way around. Go, go, go. What has to happen to go 0-16? I just <laughs> take, us, take us in that locker room or that – I just need to know. I went through 4-12 – Five and eleven, it's pretty fucking brutal. But like, oh no doubt. Oh, and sixteen. What was? What were you guys saying to each other? So, 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 I'm a rookie now, so I'm, I'm still trying to figure things out. I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm just. The first thing I realized is don't be the reason why, whatever that looked like. But then, honestly, I would just be in the locker room and I'd just be here. Like I, I remember this, this, this <laughs> vividly. I'm sitting in a defensive court, uh, defensive meeting room. Uh, the whole defense is in there and two, uh, I'm not gonna say his name, but a player gets to going off on the coach 
and the coaches are kind of they're going back and forth. You know, it starts off like, hey, this is what the call was. The players like, no, you see my hand up. This is what the call was. And then it goes back and forth to the point where the players like, hey, meet me outside. Like, meet me outside. What you want to do? Meet me outside. Right. Anybody knows that means, hey, we about to, we about to square up. Like, what's up? You know, so and in my head as a rookie, I'm like, oh, this is how the NFL's ran. Like, you can talk crazy <laughs> to your coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all can actually say y'all going to fight each other. Like, that's that's a thing. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Oh no, that's just what a losing team does. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but I didn't know. I'm just literally just paying attention to this stuff and like I, I'm thinking this is what the NFL is about, but not realizing, nah, that's just a dysfunctional team. That's mm-hmm. just a losing team. Uh and so it, it was weird, but it, it taught me everything that I didn't need to it taught me everything I didn't need to do as a pro, basically. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's not happening in Dan Campbell's locker room, I probably, right, Lofa? No. no, I played no. with Dan Campbell at that. Yeah, he was on the Owen 16 team. Oh, oh shit! Right, <laughs> yeah, right. So for him in the playoffs, right, yeah. right. Cool. Well, then take wow. us take us through him. I mean, you you know him well. Like, I mean, we love him here as a head coach. We've talked about him on the show a bunch of times. He's a fiery guy. I mean, that game was awesome. Uh, Jared Goff, just man, uh, proving a lot of people wrong. And I, I love his story. Some great throws. But you, uh, you could talk Dan now, Campbell think, also if you want. I think, I think, well, let's start off with Jared Goff. I think with Jared Goff and what Dan Campbell honestly has done is Jared Goff is he's playing lights out, but he has some playmakers around. Him. Sure. I mean, some of these some of these weapons he got, it's it's hard to look bad with some of those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so so, but again, hats off to him because he is playing well. He's making some really crazy great throws no we should mention uh, the players though play. i mean i'm on ross st brown like i don't know if you ever guys have ever seen the real sports story on him or a 60 minutes feature on him and his family or whatever yeah. but i mean you know i kind of knew years and years ago and that it was funny my wife was like is that that guy i was like yeah oh yeah it is i mean he is yeah. strong man no he they, he's killing it man uh again they, and then their defense is, is hungry. They're, they mm-hmm. they got some playmakers all, all the way around. But Dan Campbell, I think what's so cool about him is he's sti- – as you know, Lo, for whatever reason, tight ends get a pass to be crazy, say what they want. You know, they like my entire career, tight ends have always been like that group of guys. Like they, they, they're like chameleons. They can hang out with the D-line. They can hang out with the offensive line. They can do, <laughs> hang out with wide receivers, say what they want. You know what I mean? Do all the crazy <laughs> stuff. That's Dan Campbell. You know what I mean to a T, right? And huh. he brings that energy, man. He, but I, th- I think this also shows why it's so important for coaches or organizations, not even coaches, organizations to look at certain athletes to be able to be coaches, right? Guys that have experienced it, because there's something about having a coach, and I've only had one coach really. Might be just Lofa. Uh, <laughs> I've only had one coach really that actually played the game at a high level and understands like what we're going through. Mm. Cause there's, there's times my coach has told me like, Hey, I need you to run it this way. I'm like, coach, honestly, that's not, that's not the best. That's not the best thing for me or this defense. You know what I'm saying? won't get it done, coach. You are, it won't get it done. Yeah. And I'll t- sometimes I'm, as I got older, I'm like, coach, you have to show me you've done this for me to say like, know that this works. Right. So like having a coach like Dan Campbell, um, who understands what it takes to be a pro, who understands what it takes to, 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 to go through that grind of, of playing a long career. Like guys want to be like him. So they're going to follow his lead. 
And, and I think that's exactly what you're seeing right now with Dan Campbell, even in, with the Raiders, uh, with Pierce. Like, mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff you're seeing. And I think organizations should start considering – now, guys got to make sure they know what the heck they're talking about, of course. Sure. Yeah. But players will follow players. You know what I mean? And, and so that's what you're seeing with Dan Campbell, and I'm excited and I'm happy to see it. What about you? You want to coach? No. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. No. Um, no. <laughs> Well, let me elaborate on that. So I, I like I like being able to give the game back. I like being able to talk to the guys. I mean, every for the last two years, every Thursday, I go out there and watch pass rush and try to give little tidbits. Like, I like doing that piece of it. Um, there's nothing more gratifying, and Lofa can attest to There's nothing more gratifying than to show a kid how to do something, get active, and then he, he go execute and get a sack off of it, get a sack from Nothing more. It's like when you tell your kids to go do something, they actually do it and they have success at it, right? It's the same feeling that you get, but those hours are crazy. <laughs> those hours yeah. are unreal. And yeah. that's the piece that 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 I think right now I'd be being selfish to my kids if I decided I want to coach. Well, uh Dan can't from one head coach that was a player to another, uh the Houston Baltimore game. Uh unfortunately, I was I mean, I was rooting for Houston, but Baltimore is just they're they're playing lights out. Uh or at least they woke up in the, you know, halfway through the game. But anyway. They woke the beast that is Baltimore. But I was rooting for Houston. Uh, however, they came up short. Anything from that game, Lofa? Yeah, man. Baltimore, they don't have any weaknesses. Offense, defense, special teams. They go out and they kick the shit out of you. And it is going to be very hard for anybody to go in there and, and get a win. Um, the hottest team that we've seen so far, um, the Houston Texans, led by D'Amico, another former yep. player yeah. um, that did a tremendous job in his first year. Um, they just they had no answers to Lamar, and, and, and no one really has all season. That's why he's going to be the MVP. But, um, yeah, dude, it's just I'd like to see Lamar early in the game use his legs. I think he's putting the team on his shoulders. He's like, hey, guys, I got this. But – I. When you and Cliff could tell you, when you have a quarterback that's explosive like that, and the, you know, with his legs, it presents a whole set of problems. You can't yeah. run two man anymore. You can't do some of the things that you practiced all week, and it just causes fits for you. So um, I wasn't surprised. You know, Houston surprised me by hanging around for the first half. Mm-hmm. Then in the second half, Lamar just took matters into his own hands. Uh, it feels like Baltimore is going to be in the Super Bowl, right, Cliff? Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, because they're good all the way around. But what what Loaf just said, as a pass rusher, coming from a pass rusher perspective, and every level of the defense has to be concerned with a player like Lamar, right? Usually it's, it's you know, he's a pocket passer. That's your only concern. Now you can focus on wide receivers. You can focus on the running backs. But now we're talking about the quarterback can kill you with his legs too. Oh, man. So that's just a whole nother set of headaches. And honestly, you need a whole nother day just to prepare for that. And you don't have that many days, you know, to prepare. So uh, it, it, he's a problem, man. He's a problem. He he can kill you with his arms. He can kill you with his feet in the running game on in the past. He can't he doesn't see anything. He'll take off on you. It's it's uh it's kind of unfair, to be honest with you, because he's super athletic. Yes. He makes you look silly. It's uh, but but they have a great chance of being able to take it all away. Well, and then their defense, right? I mean, they're just you can't run as them. always. I mean, yeah. the Ravens. And, and I think I think yeah, San Fran's the only one. And I, I really feel like without getting too far ahead, but that that's going to be the Super Bowl matchup. Uh-huh. The two home teams win, but um, we'll get further into each you know matchup, but. They the first time McCaffrey was averaging like six or seven yards. Chan just 
dropped back with Purdy like 40 times, just like he did against Green Bay, which mm-hmm. had me puzzled. I was like, what? And then he finally hands it to McCaffrey, breaks a 40-yarder. It's like, it, yeah. it's going to happen, but if you don't stay consistent. And dropping back 40 times when you don't have Debo, I didn't understand it. Well, they ended up eking Baltimore out the win, though. Is, I really thought – oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Baltimore is, you know, just – they're in a league of their own, yeah. really, um, talent-wise. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so you, you went to Green Bay, San Francisco, so we'll stay there. Uh, Green or San Francisco, I have to admit I was sort of ignoring that one. I, I don't like looking at their uniforms on my TV, so I glanced up every once in a while. <laughs> and uh, I was rooting for Green Bay the whole time, but, you know, the Niners come back. They get that three-point victory. And, um, yeah, I mean, let's go into this one here because uh, what happened there? I mean, it was raining. I don't know. But what was with the Another Niners? Another reason not to throw the ball 40 times. <laughs> it just yeah. it, it didn't make sense to me. I love Cliff's uh, opinion. Well, both it. of the teams, Baltimore yeah. and uh, Santa Clara, they were coming off of the bye and not playing. Is that a little – you had to wake up a little bit maybe? No? Uh, I mean, I think in those situations – so uh, I, I think in those situations that's really more about um, the type of team that you have, right? Uh, if you got a bunch of guys that 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 are older, they know what to expect. If they, especially if they've experienced it, mm-hmm. um, if you, and and sometimes it, it, it might take a little second to to knock the cobwebs off because you haven't played in two weeks. But overall, though, they showed resilience. Yeah. They showed the resiliency of of being able to weather the storm, bounce back. They didn't get too far. They didn't get uh, you know, they they weren't down twenty one zero before they woke up or anything like right. that. So even with them sleeping, they they still weren't yeah. uh, getting beat on. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Uh, which is which which is something to speak about too, right? Uh, from from a from a just a talent perspective. But I think both teams, um, whether you talk about Baltimore, you talk about the 49ers, um, they're 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 both riding high right now. They both have some really great players. That boy Christian McCaffrey, man, like I wasn't a believer about four years ago because I wasn't seeing as many of his games, you know what I'm saying, with him being in, in with the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. But um that boy's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that boy is an issue. And I think I think it's the same thing that I was just talking about with the Lions. Um Brady has a lot of weapons, man. Cause uh, I mean, McCaffrey, then you talk about Debo, then you talk like yeah. those guys by themselves can change the game. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, so so having those types of players on his team definitely benefits him quite a bit. Well, we got to go through another guy though who can change the game, which is Patty Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, because you know they're sort of I, I don't know if flying under the radar is the right way to describe it, since that game was so big and all that. But like they just kind of everybody's sort of waiting for them to lose, but they just keep winning, and they beat the Buffalo oh, Bills wait. again. And uh, they just so they just played a quarterback who can run, but albeit like a kind of a different style, of course, in Jared Allen a little bit. But wide right again for Buffalo, and KC keeps winning, and here they come. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna say I was shocked, but you know, Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, experience, and. This is what you need when you come to the playoff and must-win games. And so um, they kind of sleptwalk through the regular season, but they're awake now, and it's a problem. You know, Mahomes looked amazing, yeah. very efficient. Um, just how quickly he processes what the defense is in and, and where to go with the ball is unbelievable. Some of those throws, it was 
freezing out there, not as cold as their last game, but still playing in those elements. Um, and Kelsey, you know, hasn't had many great games this season, but, you know, when it counts most, he made it happen. And so um, it's – I just still think Baltimore is too much, but it's hard to go against Mahomes – you know, in the playoffs when it counts. And this was his first road game. Guy's yeah. got two Super Bowls, That's crazy. been to another, been to six straight championship games. This is the first time he went on the road. Well, he's got to do it again in, in Baltimore, Cliff. Won. You know, he's got to do it again. Yeah, yeah I, I think experience is what, what, what has allowed these guys to um, pull that one out last week or this past, yesterday, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's uh it's crazy because I don't know some people aren't rooting for him um, you know a lot of people are like oh we're tired of seeing KC and it's like to me as a professional athlete as a as a as a competitor it's like that's actually pretty fascinating to see how they're able to do this because there's no parity in the NFL there's like you just never know any given Sunday is a real thing like the greatest of great teams lose against some crappy team sometimes it just is what it is. But these guys find ways to continue to keep winning ball games, yeah. and it's impressive. Like, as much as I don't want to see them in the in the Super Bowl because it's KC, it's pretty doggone impressive to see them continue to find ways to win. I was just telling somebody uh, last night. I was like, people think that the team is the same every single year. That's not the case. You got a core group of five guys, maybe six, that probably have been able to ride all of that out. But it's really like it's six guys and it's 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 48, 47 other guys new or playing different roles or whatever else, and they're finding ways to win. So shout out to Andy Reid, man, because he's he's they're they're figuring it out. Well, I'm not sure if people are sick of the Kansas City Chiefs as much as they're just sick of all the commercials during the games that feature all of the Chiefs. <laughs> I I'm sick of Mahomes' voice. You gotta beat him. You gotta beat him. You gotta beat him. That's the only way you do it. That's what happens when you win. Man, but it's not people just the insurance winners. ones. They're in, like Andy Reid's in a Snickers one. The Chiefs are in every commercial. <laughs> Kelsey's in the Vax ones. I, say, they're in everything. I, I'll say. I'll say. Well, well, when we were at our heyday. It was hard to miss uh, a Richard Sherman. It was hard to miss a Mark Sean. It was hard. Like, guys were on stuff left and right, too. So it's really, when you're winning, hey, they're going to gravitate. It was all When Richard Sherman showed up on the Pistachios commercial, I was like, whoa, really? (laughs) Pistachios, too? In the green (laughs) uniform, too. Big bucks. (laughs) Um, I I will go into football for one second here. I don't know what was more confusing the fake punt on your own 30. I was going to bring right? that up. Yep. <laughs> or a fly sweep to McCall Hardman when Isaiah Pacheco is just running down their throat every time he gets the ball. Like, I don't know why either of those were called. Well, at least the one Sometimes of them almost went into the end zone. It just went into the end zone in a way that cost them the ball. But the other one, the fake punt, I mean, if you're asking me which one's more curious, I the, the fake punt's my answer, you know, because the other one almost worked at least, Cliff. Yeah. I think I think I think um, sometimes coaches just overcoach. They overthink things. Mm-hmm. Like go with what's winning. And sometimes like, oh well, you know, we want to throw them off with this something. It's like, no, keep driving down their throat today to stop it. Like, why not? <laughs> like, yeah. we're here to win. What are we talking about? Yeah. The yeah. fake punt. I, I was gonna bring it up anyway. I think we should stay here for a second. The fake punt, the fake punt, the fake punt. 
what what are they doing? And then also, you know, we get the fake pump, but then also I think it was a different game or was it that game where they went for two and didn't get it, which kept them down by eight. Was that the Lions and the Tampa Bay one? And they were – Yeah. It was weird. It was like, why not just kick the extra point? Because then if you get the ball back, a touchdown ties it. They, all this new thinking, like you're saying, Cliff, it's in a, in a lot of different situations. Analytics. 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 Nobody wants to be a real person anymore. Everybody wants to re- read the robots and, and the analytics and what they say and the percentages. It's like, but the percentages come from actually playing the ball game. Like, what are we yeah. talking? You know what I mean? Certain things just make more sense. There's um, the element of instinct. Yes. And and I'm telling you, the, I was listening to the radio for when they went for two. And I was like, why the hell would you go for two? And then they tried to, like, convince me with the analytics. You're like, you have a 3% increase. So you go from 5% to 8. We're not talking like 530. <laughs> you, you have a 3% chance better to win. The where, where it confuses me is that, okay, just you got the human element, right? Mm-hmm. The human aspect, the players. If I'm the coach and we aren't successful, now in my players' minds, they're not focused on getting the ball back and scoring. They're like, okay, if we get the ball back. It's a lot harder. To get the ball back. <laughs> yeah, now we have to score and get the two point this time just to go to overtime, which we would have done anyway. So I'm okay with a coach going for two to win the game at the end. Right. Even if it's a playoff yeah. game. Yeah. You're on the road. Aggressive. You don't want to go to overtime. Yes. Yeah. Dan yeah, Campbell would do it. that. We'd jump off our couches and cheer. Yeah, and I'm fine. Even if you don't get that two point the second time, I'm fine. Right. But to do that right then, I, I just don't get it. It was weird. And on you the know, TV you know, broadcast, Collinsworth was so quick to just go, no, no, this makes sense. And he goes through this big explanation. And I'm sitting on my couch with my nine-year-old son going, son, no, don't do this. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> but, but, but not even that. Like the analytics, I think there's a place for analytics, right? Sure. Um, third and seven, you know, most teams, it's it's a it's an 85% chance that they're going to pass the ball. That's a great, some great stats. Like th- those are... But like analytics does not account for the emotions of the game, mm-hmm. the the environment of the game. It doesn't account for uh, a lot of different things from the human aspect of the game. So it's like, okay, we're gonna play these numbers, but my I look back at my team and everybody has their head down. So does that mean we should still do it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what are we? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, let's go for two anyway. Like, I don't even have confidence in it. So why the heck would I do it? You know what I mean? I so that, like that's the part I think analytics gets you in trouble, man. Well, there was another curious one. Just to go back for one second, then we'll move on. The, at the end of the Bucks Detroit game, which we're all happy that the Lions won. However, and I know the Lions were in field goal range. However, the Bucks have a timeout left. It's third and fourteen. Goff kneels on it, and the Bucks. There's 40 seconds left. If they call a timeout, there's 39 seconds left. Detroit would either have to try to kick a field goal to go up by 11. If they miss it, now you have the ball down by eight with no timeouts, but like 40 seconds left. Is it weird they don't call a timeout there and make Detroit do something? They Goff needs it, and they all just start shaking hands, and the clock just runs from, from, from 39 at least. It's not like there's only 13 seconds left. Yeah, that is weird. I didn't get to see that. I was in the car for that part of the game. But um, they were yeah, they were in no their sense. territory. I mean, it's a makeable field goal. They probably would have gone up by eleven. But even then, you get the kickoff. I, I don't know. Like fight till the end, right, Cliff? Makeable field goal. Tell that to Green Bay and Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, true. Yeah, that analytics again. I, I don't. I don't. 
football is, is, is like it's becoming more and more interesting. Um, I think this is my conspiracy theorist component of, of all of this. Oh, I love it. I don't think football scripted. I've never thought football was scripted. So all the people that say that craziness, but um, I think when gambling got into it, that's when the analytics became even more important because now it gives people um, a reason, I guess, for for the actions a little bit more. But overall, though, I think, again, there is a human element to this. There's a a human uh, psychological component to the game of football. And I think um, when you start to put the numbers and the analytics over that component, I think you lose more games than that. Well, Cliff, we could go down well, we Conspiracy should. Theory Avenue all day long, because. Uh, but I, I'm afraid I might get my knees broke if I get into the gambling aspect of it, because well, that's a big one, uh, thing for there's me. There's one already floating, Brett. Okay. I'm in. What? The, uh, there was a picture circulating that said halftime by Usher, and then it said for the Baltimore versus Niners, Niners Super Bowl yeah. matchup. With the colors. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I've seen that. I seen that they're saying they're saying that uh, for the last two or three years, the colors of the Super Bowl has matched the team's colors that are actually going to be in it, and it actually was the last two or three years. Wow! And they're saying that this year is going to be Baltimore and Forty Nine. Wow! I remember what? this is a true <laughs> look. True story. <laughs> Gather round, kids. Uncle Brett's telling true stories from way back in the day. But when I was a kid, I remember my dad and I talking about like a, a team or any team of any sport being in Las Vegas. And he was like, no, they'll never do it. I remember this conversation. I was like, why not? And he goes, well, here's because why. And he starts to sort of explain why. And now you fast forward to right now and everything's brought to you by DraftKings and yada, yada, yada. I mean, uh, it leads to people wearing tinfoil hats. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but let's, let's not do that. Um, you guys, uh, let's talk um, uh, off, uh, Simply Seattle. Simply Seattle. Our friends at Simply Seattle. Go to simplyseattle.com. Use promo code TAKE12. Take 12% off of anything. Um, Super Bowl predictions. Cliff, I just want to get your Super Bowl prediction and then we'll move on. Uh, and then wrap up this show. Um, I mean, <laughs> the 49ers and the Ravens. <laughs> but, but, but I would love to see Detroit in the Super Bowl. Though. Yes. Um, yes. I think they have a fighting chance, but um, Kristen uh, McCaffrey and, and, and some of those, I don't know. But I see 49ers and, and the Ravens being in there. Um, the it, even more conspiracy theorists, actually, our own conspiracy theorist McNeil is somewhere in this chat. But that all that debacle with the Lions at the end of the game when the guy didn't report and yada yada yada. And if they would have won that game, would this game be in Detroit or not? No. Uh, if if not, if uh, who are they playing? San? No, because they'd okay. still be playing San Fran. Okay, number one seed. No. Okay, then never mind. Forget that. For that, forget that conspiracy theory. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, Cliff, last thing to do with you here. I'm going to call it the two-minute drill. I got some questions uh, that we like to ask people around here from time to time. You got to make it the 30-second uh, drill. He's got to go. Oh, okay. He's got to go. Rapid fire then. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, okay. He's got a hard out? You got a hard out, Cliff? I didn't know. Nobody hard told out. me. Yeah, I got to roll here in about two minutes. All right. Well, then I will make it quick Just then. time. I will make it quick then. Um, give me – Okay. Then, you know what, since we were talking about Pete, I'm going to start halfway down the list. Just give me your favorite Pete-ism. That's sort of how we ask it. I know he's got a lot of sayings, a lot of things he does, you know. <laughs> um, what's your favorite Pete Carroll-ism? 
Uh, to keep it short and simple, man, I don't, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he doesn't have any cavities or anything like that. But that man loves his gum. Uh, he chomps on that gum. And then, and then here's the craziest thing. You may have met him, Loaf, but uh, I forget my guy. He makes socks out in Germany. They like, there's like a whole thing where like guys collect his gum, like, and put it like in trophy cases and stuff. We did, you know, yeah. yeah, we met. Yeah, him. like. That's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch. Some might but yeah, say I think the chopping of the gun and launching it into the crowd um, <laughs> is is a is yeah. a Peteism. <laughs> uh, give me your favorite play from your time as a Seahawk. Ooh, uh, I mean, fastest score in Super Bowl history, baby. Uh, the first play of the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. um, safety. And yours truly has that um, that that record, so record, yeah. I'm excited about that. Woo. And I every single year for the last ten years, I tweet about it, hold my breath, make sure that doesn't get broken. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Cliff, um, tell us about your foundation and all the cool things that you're doing, and and all of that up there. I <clears throat> oh, appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Cliff Able Family Foundation uh, is geared towards juvenile. Uh, juvenile diabetes and also the education system in Haiti. So we built schools in Haiti, we built homes in Haiti. Uh, but more, m- mostly right now, our main focus has been on the Cliffs Crew, which is uh, a group of young men. Yeah, young men now. Uh, but I've had them since they were in third grade. Now they're in ninth, uh, eighth, and ninth grade, where it's all about exposure uh, to different professions that are here in their own backyard. Um, you know, most most kids, unfortunately. I'm going to say unfortunately, but fortunately, but unfortunately, you know, they only see themselves as entertainers of some sort, whether that's sports, whether that's music, whatever it may be. But the odds of you actually making it is um, very slim. And I'm not saying you can't make it, but I'm also saying, hey, there's these other professions that are here. And one example that I always like to give is, you know, if you look at the, the Seattle Seahawks facility, the VMAC, every profession you can think of is in that building outside of the players, whether you're talking about lawyers, accountants, doctors, uh, chefs, whatever you can think of is in that building. And when we won the Super Bowl, every one of those people got a ring too because they play a role in that, right? So you can still win your Super Bowls and also have these other different professions. So it's all about exposure. It's all about making sure that they they um, can dream bigger than just being an athlete or an entertainer of some sort. That's very cool, man. Very, very cool. And uh, we appreciate your time. I know we kept you a little long, but uh, thank you so much. I mean, we, we could talk to you forever. I sort of got, wow. No, I looked down. I was like, wow, you, we've been talking for a bit, Lofa. <sighs> wow. Clip, you could jump, brother. We'll, we'll wrap yeah. up here. Dude, thank appreciate you so you guys, much. Man. Thank you, uh, appreciate you guys having me. You guys have a good one. Thank we'll you. see you next time. All right, brother. Take care. Man. Later. So much fun. Just, I mean, you know, I get these guys in here, and as a fan, I could just talk and talk and talk. Couldn't you? <laughs> I got the theme oh, music I going. We were keep talking. Ah, I got yeah, the theme you're, music you're... going. <laughs> eh. Whatever, bro. Well, we yeah, can wrap it up. What do, you, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? You didn't ask me my prediction. Well, games. Uh, we got because we we've got more weeks to go with you here. Do we? Oh, it's Niners like it's, Ravens. It's you said it like a month ago. Well, we got your prediction <laughs> for yeah, who's going to be in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine. We love you. Nasty and Katie's. Niners Ravens. Niners Ravens. Yeah. McNasty. Real original, Katie. McNasty, yeah, know, you going to go with the script or what? I follow the leaders. He's McFlurry. He's today. a... You're, you're on mute, He's bud. sleeping. No, I'm not. Oh, Sorry. there he is. <laughs> <laughs> you going to go with uh, Niners-Ravens? I'm going to go Ravens. 
Just leave it. Amazing. The other game ends in a tie. What are you talking about? McNasty. The Ravens are gonna are gonna win the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, but who are they gonna play? They're gonna play the Lions. Ooh, okay. okay. I like it. I like it. Down with Goff the script. Wants, Goff wants his ring. Oh, it's precious. <laughs> um, I will send you the clip now. I know the Lions are well into Bucks territory, but I will send you the clip because he puts a knee on it and they all start shaking yeah. hands immediately. Like they just knew it was going to happen. Like they knew the team wasn't going to call timeout. Weird. And I remember thinking yeah. at the time, huh? And nobody seemed to notice. Wait, Brett, who's your Super Bowl prediction? Yeah, nobody asked me. Um, you were playing the theme music, man. You wanted to get out of here. <laughs> You're already packed for Cancun. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Thank you, Wiener Titzel. <laughs> um, you know what? Just because, why not? Give me the Lions and um, who else? Oh, Kansas Jeez. City. Chiefs? Yeah. yeah. You want to go with Mahomes? Yeah. Give me an old classic rivalry. Two teams from way back when, you know? I just don't think they can run the ball in Baltimore, man. It's all going to be on Pat Mahomes. And yeah. it's not a bad place to be if you're the Chiefs, but the Baltimore Ravens defense is fucking nasty. If he goes on the road, though, these two playoff games, and then goes takes them back to the Super Bowl, and then blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah. just start. I mean, they could have already started chiseling the statue a while ago, but just put it up now. Yeah. And for Andy Reid, too. Yeah, and start their parade. And as always, though, shout out to Andy Reid, just because he did it with the Eagles a bit. He's doing it with the Chiefs. I mean, what a football coach. He went to four straight NFC titles or uh, conference championships with the Eagles. And then he went to, what, six straight over here. Uh, six in a row is insane. He's never he's never yeah. not been in a, in a championship game in six years. Yeah. 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 Okay, I was like, right. there, there's been a couple of years where he had. But, but yeah, but he's got 10 in total. Crazy. Crazy. Maybe more. I don't know. I just going back to when I was entering the league, he was with Philly, and they were on four straight um, with one Super Bowl appearance. Wow. Insane. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you guys uh, next week to talk about lots more football and everything that's happening. It's the Take 12 podcast. Uh, hands in the middle, everybody. Let's break it down. Let's break it down for Cliff, shall we? Shout out to Cliff Averill for coming on and shout out to him for all the cool stuff he's doing with his foundation, all the stuff he does in the community. Lofa, I know you go out to the dinners and the, the events and stuff, and it's just, it's awesome. He's always got the former Hawks there. He's such a community guy. He's just, he's so cool. <laughs> I am I have man. a man crush on Cliff Averill. He's just so cool, man. He is the man. Yeah. What do you want to break it down to? I don't know. Uh, it's Cliff, Cliff on three, Cliff on me, right? Or something. I don't know. Yeah. Something in his honor. You got anything better? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say boiler up. That's what, you know. Nah, if he was here, maybe. Yeah. Um, don't really want to break it down to the Lions, but I would in honor of Cliff. Huh? Let's just break it down to Cliff. Yeah, that's good. Cliff on me, Cliff on three. One, two, three. Cliff. Cliff. Clear. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.